0: Namaste. So um, on the eve of Mother's birthday, I don't know when this will actually get posted, but that's not the point for us. It's like <laughs> 20th February. I thought we can read this poem from Sherbindo, beautiful poem, the Mother of God. So people often ask, who gave birth to God? So one very simple answer to that is that birth is finiteness. Actually, in spiritual conception, when we use the word birth, birth means limiting. So that's how we, even at the human level, any form. So what is limiting? The form limits that which is in nature, infinite. But for infinite, infinity, you can't say what gave birth. Even in mathematics, you can't say that. It's a logical absurdity. So people who know mathematics, they understand that, well, infinite, how, how does infinite come into existence? But mathematically, it is very much, a, a, you know, something acceptable that there is something like infinity or infinite, whatever you want to call it. It's not limitless. It's not countless. It's not uh, so many numbers that you cannot count. That's not what infinite is about. So infinite by its very nature, you can't use the word birth. It is infinite. How it came into existence? There is only one way to know it. And that way is to become one with the infinite. And then what do you discover? You discover it is self-existent. Now how it came into existence? You reach a point where you cannot say this way or that way. Because it goes beyond all mental conceptions and definitions. That is what we find in the Nasadiya Sutra of uh, Rig Veda. It's there in Mandala 10. And it's about creation. So it starts with, even before the gods, that was there. But what that was, nobody could say. Nobody was there to say. There was not even conception. This, there was something. Or perhaps the only thing you can say is nothing because the moment you say something, you are actually pointing out. So there is a state of consciousness which is beyond anything and everything. Shurabindo uses the word Parabrahman and only he can describe with such uh, mastery and beauty. When he describes about Parabrahman, that's called Parabrahman in Indian thought. It's called Tao in the ancient, uh, you know, Chinese thought uh, and... um, he writes it like this: that he is. We cannot say. I. I, I think I am tempted to read a little bit. You know, for this, that poem is here. Par Brahman. Let's see who can take out earlier. <laughs> if you can take out, it will be nice. Par Brahman. He is. We cannot say, nor he is not. For nothing too is a conception of himself, unguessed. ha huh, okay i got it <laughs> you know these little things <laughs> like a baby <laughs> there it is par brahman i didn't get par brahman i am talking about the poem okay <laughs> or who knows par brahman knows whether it got pra- par brahman or not <laughs> in par brahman there is not you achieving par brahman you cannot use that term it vanishes you cannot achieve par brahman It is to itself. So here he describes, He is, we cannot say, or even before that, He is not bound by virtue, or by sin. He is not bound by what He does or makes. He is not bound by virtue or by sin. Awake, who sleeps? And when He sleeps, awakes. So that's how the Nasadiya Sutra describes. Neither day nor night. Nor existence nor non-existence. Neither life nor death. None of these opposites apply there. Mind boggling. Yes, let the mind boggle and wobble. That's how it can be ready to enter the infinite. Okay. <laughs> he is not bound by waking or by sleep. Because he has just now told he is not bound by, uh, uh, you know, awake who sleeps and he And when he sleeps awake. But now he says, he is not bound by waking or by sleep. He is not bound by anything at all. Laws are that he may conquer them. To creep or soar is at his will, to rise or fall. All is par brahman. In this uh, way, when you look at this whole creation. So this whole idea, somebody should be free. None is bound, none is free. In that highest conception. None seeking to be free. Shurabindu takes us to that level of experience. One from of old possessed himself above, who was not anyone, nor had a form, nor yet was formless, neither hate nor love, could limit his perfection, peace nor storm. He is, we cannot say. So you know the atheist will be very happy. See? We cannot say he is. But the next moment Sri says, he is, we cannot say. For nothing too is his conception of himself unguessed. (laughs) Even when you say he is nothing and nobody, this is a conception. (laughs) So, (laughs) nor yet he dawns upon us and we would pursue. But who has found him or what arms possessed? He is not anything yet all is he. Now thieves are also happy he is not all but far exceeds that scope both time and timelessness sink in that sea time is a wave and space a wandering drop comes so close to the modern physics about time so bubble but that apart so now this is the state at the origin now so how did creation begin so in the Nasadiya Sutra it says that suddenly that was seized by desire. Now desire is a way of saying, obviously, <laughs> it's not desire in that sense. It was seized by something known as the desire. And what was the desire? The want to become many. And so it took the form of a golden egg. Now that comes, you know, connected. Hiranyagarbha Sutra. And it was floating for thousands of years that year, not our year. Time is not born. <laughs> for God knows. How long? Or he also doesn't know. That's how Nasadiya Sutri will say. And it was floating and floating and floating. And suddenly there was this will, this desire which was seizing from above and pressing from below. And one day it broke forth and the gods are born. Then you have the Purushukta which describes all this. I'm not going into that part. So the question comes, what was that desire or that will which seized upon this state of nothingness? And gave birth first to a golden egg. And then to the Purusha, whose limbs extend in the universe. Now, it is that Purusha, that first being who came out of that, shadowed out of that, of which nothing can be said, is what we normally call as God, with whom we connect as God. If you go beyond, you can't use any term, you can't define. So, who gave birth to God? That's how it comes. He is infinite, Sachidanand is infinite, yet he can limit himself and connect with us, father, mother, and that's so beautiful, otherwise you know how miserable life would be, <laughs> he is nothing. So, <laughs> there are conceptions like that. So, he limits himself, not limits himself, but he comes into being. Sri Aurobindo used a beautiful word, Parabrahman shadows himself forth as that one, and that is what we call as God. Sachidanand. Next line. Within himself he shadowed being forth. Which is a younger birth. A veil he chose to half conceal him. Knowledge nothing worth save to have glimpses of its mighty cause. So that's when delight, knowledge, everything you know consciousness. So who, who brought out this form? Out of that of which nothing can be said. So in that sense we see there are two conceptions. One is that first that form came into existence somehow or that being came into existence and then out of him Shakti came out. This is one conception. If you read the, uh, you know, one, uh, even in the Rig Veda it comes out, the bride of Brahman, his power which went out. This is one side of the truth. But if you read the Devi Bhagavat, it is the other way round. It is the infinite divine mother who by her own power brought out the being whom we call as Sachidananda. That, that's why in the Mother Sri the says even Satchitananda manifests himself. All manifestation is an act of that infinite consciousness force. And what is that infinite consciousness force? That is the Divine Mother. So on one side we have infinite existence. Now we have two. One is infinite existence which is the Purusha. But who is given this form or whatever we may call it to that purusha out of that state is infinite consciousness, the mother. Consciousness is knowledge and power. And when the two unite, infinite consciousness and infinite existence, then we have ananda, birth of ananda. So Ishwara, Ishwari and ananda is the baby. And with the coming of ananda, you know what happens With the baby comes? He wants this toy, that toy and all that. There is a bhajan... Uh, Where he says, I don't know whether you heard it or not as a child. I heard this bhajan. That Krishna is uh, asking. (laughs) I (laughs) am (laughs) saying manging. Manging. English. (laughs) Krishna is asking for toys. So, she says, what do you want? What toys shall I get you? So, she brings all the mudka toys. No, I don't. These are not my toys. I want the original toys of mine. What are the original toys? She says, Ki wo la do. she says, she's at a loss. How can she bring Chandrama? So she puts a little thali in which she puts water. And says, see, you can see Chandrama has come here. It's a very symbolic bhajan which we heard and it used to be enacted actually in the, you know, uh, Krishna Leelas. So in the Krishna you will see with this bhajan You know that mother Yasoda is at loss You know how can I bring moon Now basically it means that When Krishna is the anandame He is the baby And when he comes Then creation starts So all creation is an act of ananda not desire It's a delight And therefore in creation Even when However much suffering one may be going through There is this little, little sliver of delight running through. That's why you ask a person, you are suffering so much. Shall I call him, Raj? I have a hotline with him. I can call him. He has my number on his cell phone, SOS. He will immediately respond. No, no, no. Who told you to do that? (laughs) Even people who commit the extreme act of giving up their body, do it with the idea that they will be freed from this and something better will await them. So there is this strand of delight running through even for which one bears all the pain because something happy will come but this delight is broken in the limited human consciousness into happiness and sorrow, pleasure and pain. Uh, The dual thing comes to help us because otherwise we will be locked in a limited happiness, limited pleasure. So the opposite comes to help us. So this is how the infinite delight expresses himself into creation. So now the quest. We read this poem with this background. The mother of God, who is she? Who gave birth to God Himself? And we have this in Devi Bhagavat uh, Puran. It is considered to be one of the uh, most beautiful Puranas. When I had read it, I was it was mind-boggling to me. I read only one story. It was too much to bear. Of course, after that, I read all the stories. But that story says because we were grow, you know we all grow up with Brahma Vishnu Mahesh is ultimate, isn't it? So, Brahma, Vishnu, Mahesh once start thinking that, what is our origin? For a change, they say, however we came into it. So, they say, let's find out. Of course, Shri Purana mentions about the sibling gum, but I am talking about beyond them. So, they say, okay, let's find out. So, they go, go, go into whatever ultimate, where is their origin? So, they discover the divine mother in her most resplendent form. And she guides them. And there in each of her (laughs) nails, imagine, you know, in each of her nails, there are million universes with each with Brahma, Vishnu, Mahesh. It was the closest to give us an idea of infinity. Each nail, million universes, and each universe is Brahma, Vishnu, Mahesh. So they, they are completely at loss. Who are we? There are millions like me. And then she comes and says, I am the one who has, you know, brought you into existence. So what are we to do? So Brahma, she tells him, you have to create. What about Vishnu? He says you have to preserve the balance of this world. As creation comes and Shiva you have to destroy. But by what power shall we? You don't have the power to do it. I will give you the power. So she becomes the power of creation with Brahma as Brahmani or Saraswati. She becomes the power of preserving Lakshmi. You see she is the harmonizing principle in creation. And Parvati who is regarded as Adi Shakti by some as the destroyer so out of herself she brings forth these three goddesses and she says so they say how long we have to do it when the time comes I'll call you guys back so they also have a term and then they are called back into that infinite consciousness so that is the mother of God and here Sri so beautifully gives us and now we see in the mother when he says the one whom we adore is the mother is the divine consciousness force And one and yet so many sided, even the gods cannot reach her. Even when the gods try to reach her, they cannot. They don't know who she is. And that's why we have this beautiful stuti in, I call it stuti, adoration of the Divine Mother. At the head she stands of birth and toil and fate. In their slow rounds, the cycles turn to her call. Alone, her hands can change times, dragon base. Hers is the mystery, the night conceals. You can take it the First night, the primal night or Inconscience The spirit's alchemist energy is hers She is the force, the inevitable word The luminous heart Of the unknown is she So this is the divine mother And another passage Very beautiful In Savitri where he describes When great seers and sages have a glimpse of her And Shubindu described Even the seer and sages They cannot know her And then he says, uh, hypnotized by one luminous point, for still the human limits the divine. So what is the way to know her? Only through an absolute surrender. Then she will reveal what she has to reveal. So this is the mother of God and when that mother takes a human form, you can imagine what a tremendous chance for earth. So people talk about super mind and all you see uh, Just go another five minutes into mother's human birth You know she brought all this with her The supramental When you read Savitri a new epiphany appeared in her A mind of light A life of rhythmic force A body instinct with divinity She was born with it She could just give it to people And this is what she was trying Till Tokyo where she had Taken the worst kind of being The lord of falsehood Who is the ultimate evil That you take it and you will be changed But she saw that man is not ready There was resistance coming from all over So there is a prayer of the mother You will read it in Oikawa Where she writes The last prayer It's end of part 1 Before coming to Pondicherry She writes in that prayer Since man refused the meal I had prepared for him I offered it to you Oh God And you came and sat and accepted it So the mother when she writes Talks about this prayer She says Well I realized ki It cannot be done like this Man is not ready She could just give it like this No need of supramental yoga Tapasya nothing That's all One could just receive it But man is not ready So she's saying That I have come for this work Man doesn't want to receive And she gets a command It won't be done this way What has to be done? So she says the Supreme appeared before her And she describes the vision of the Supreme She says twice I had this vision Magnificent, much more magnificent than the vision of the Gita She describes that And then he came And he took her in her, his arms And turned westwards So Japan to westwards is India <laughs> And actually she, it's not just westwards She says and put me there in Pondicherry at Shirobindo And then she knew The time has come To go back And the next day Her physical husband He says Let's Go from here And everything was arranged And they go back to Pondicherry And she knew Ki the work Has to be done now Through a Advas tapasya But still Because of her experience That man doesn't want The meal I am ready I have cooked it But he is busy With the old ways He loves his old ways He loves the old food So what does he do? So she asks Shurabindo, she says, one of the first things that I asked him, then she says it was not in words, we were standing together and she is right by his side and she describes near the shoulders, not touching but right by his side and she has this question, will it happen this time? Because for lives they have struggled for this. Will it happen this time? And she says, Shurabindo just said yes. And she saw the supermind that moment descend upon earth. And she described this experience is there in Collected Works of Mother Volume 3. And she says that for the first time she saw the power of words. So on one side she came to give the grace. But Shura Bindo, he is doing tapasya. He knows man is not ready. So he is doing the tapasya on behalf of man to make him ready. Because man cannot do tapasya either. So Shura Bindo embodies the Godward aspiration on behalf of man That's why the mother writes on the samadhi He who struggled all Achieved all, suffered all for us He had no reason to do it But he did the tapasya for man So that the grace has come But man should be able to receive it So because of his tapasya Slowly human beings start getting ready Little little bit by bit To receive And they start a new venture It could have been done in a far more easier way and the point that i am trying to say is it can be done even now in that way in one of the letters somebody asked shurbindo i believe this is shurbindo so before the supramental manifestation i believe the mother can bring down the supermind just like this if she wants it but it won't be an evolutionary creation she can make the supermind descend like this upon earth shurbindo said yes that is a very important distinction Then the person says that if there is integral sincerity, the mother can just create supramental creation here. She says, Yes, that is very true. If one is open to her, so I have my terminologies, please excuse me, it is not found anywhere. I have, like, there is a term called spiritual bypass. Spiritual bypass is where people want to sit in, you know, looking inside and believe that they are doing sadhana. No, it doesn't work like that. You can't bypass. Spiritual bypass. So there is a term. Which is coined, it's not found in books. It's called Supramental Bypass. Supramental Bypass exists. And that is to the mother, to just open to her. If you can do it, then don't have to worry about, you know, supermind force and all that. (laughs) But then one has to only want the Divine Mother. If you read the Devi Bhagavat, this is what is revealed there. That she can do anything and everything, everything she can give, whatever she wants. But there is a condition that we must want her... If you read autobiography of a yogi by Paramahansa Yoganand, that's what he says. You have to ask her, want her with all your being, all your heart. That I want only you mother. And then she can do everything. After all, she is the origin. <laughs> so we have this poem with this background, the mother of God. A conscious and eternal power is here. Page 642 in the new version. Of collected poems. This is somewhere after 1935 or 34 and before 47. A conscious and eternal power is here. Right in the beginning is saying that there is. You know, scientists will say yes. We believe there is a power. What power? Nature. Nature is mechanical. This is conscious power. If it was a mechanical nature building everything, then man would not have consciousness. It will be an anomaly. It is known as the evolutionary gap. How do you explain that which is emerging on the basis of that which you are explaining? If if at the beginning there is material nature which is unconscious, how do you explain the emergence of consciousness? So Sri Aurobindo explains that it is involution of that supreme consciousness. So it is a conscious power. So right, I mean scientists say yes, yes we believe there is a power. But yes, scientists believe in a Mechanical power Even there are yogis who believe in mechanical power If I do this God will be happy If I do this Vratapvas Sixteen Somvaras And I will get Shiva By the way it's very dangerous huh? be, Think ten times before you want Shiva for your husband What is going to you know Agar <laughs> sannyasi With Belga, bell not even Belgadi, Not even Mercedes So he will take away everything But he will give Ananda That's Moksha That's a different thing So it is a conscious power So conscious means all consciousness is derived from her. And by connecting with her, you know, we can become uh, sharers of that, participants of that. Where is she found? Where is her dham? Behind unhappiness and mortal birth. See the word behind, not beyond. What is behind? Right there. Behind gives an impression right there. When you ask, uh, supposing that where is God and say so he is above. So what is the impression? Oh, above means how much above? Beyond the stars. You see, behind. What is the impression? Very close to her. Us. So behind. Unhappiness and mortal birth. And the error of thought and the blundering trudge of time. She is also behind. The blundering trudge of time and the error of thought. In fact, at one of the conversations, Mother says, But where is error? There is no error. (laughs) Because she can say that. She says, In my highest consciousness, I don't see all this. It's just grace. Where is error? Because all is she. She is living in that state. And the mother of God, His sister and his spouse. How is she mother? Because we have just spoken about. She is the infinite consciousness out of which shadows forth a being, Satchidananda. But, after that, she also becomes his Shakti, existence and consciousness. So she, she, she also, as if she is coming from the same origin. So she becomes sister, because you are born of the same. That's how uh, Manushatrupa story, which is a far better story than Adam and Eve. I think Adam and Eve, everybody knows. But does do people know Manushatrupa story? See, this is the problem. <laughs> Manushatrupa story is so beautiful, from Brahma... Two sides of Brahma The left and the right You had Shatrupa and Manu Equality But in Adam and Eve story Adam came out of his rib What is third, second rate status Eve was born But in Indian thought Manu and Shatrupa The masculine and the feminine Are born from Brahma From its left and the right side That's how it becomes Ardhangini And so on and so forth Of course Purusha side takes this and takes, So she becomes the sister. But she is not only the sister, she is the spouse. So, what is meant by that? She walks the way with him, she shares his burden. That's what a spouse is meant for. Spouse is not somebody to whom you are tied and married, and you know, uh, there is a tapa of the legal department. Spouse is somebody who walks with you, the perfect example of spouse. One is of course Ramasita Of course Shiva Parvati That's ethereal Ramasita it could not ever materialize Radha Krishna Never could be together The only perfect example of spouse If at all spouse not married couple Is mother and Shirobindo When you ask her What are you here for We are here to please the Lord To fulfill his dreams Without him I exist not Without me, he is unmanifest So, his spouse So, she is at once his mother And sister And spouse There is a very uh, similar story In uh, the Puranas About Brahma and Saraswati But it's uh, put a little crudely But uh, this is the perfect way of You know, expressing it It's like, you know, they are Brahma, Saraswati is his partner Consort but when she creates things, so the first thing that Brahma has is he gets moha on Saraswati. So it's presented in a way which is not very, uh, if unless you understand the deeper thought. Uh, but here it is, the sister, spouse and mother, all of them together. But not only that, daughter of his wisdom, because she embodies, now she becomes wisdom, strength, all these things. Together. So, out of himself, he brings forth her. So, now you see the story? The the Brahma, Vishnu, Mahesh need the consorts. So, she becomes daughter of his wisdom, of his strength, the mate, without Shakti, Shivai, Shava. So, daughter of his wisdom, of his strength, the mate. She has leapt from the transcendent secret breast, which we have already spoken about, from that of which nothing can be said. From that secret heart, she has the luminous heart of the unknown is she. To build her rainbow worlds of mind and life. And she is creatrix. See the difference between the Purusha Bhav and the Prakriti, uh, and the Shakti Bhav. Shubindu says the divine static and the dynamic side. So, if you experience peace, you are in contact with the static divine element. If you experience Ananda, it is the dynamic. So you see, always people describe this with mother and Shri So in front of Shri it was like you are lost in infinite peace. Even now, you look at his picture, you'll see oh, he's Bhole Baba too much. But Bhole Baba is you know knows everything, huh? So but he is like you know his will. The Second World War, you can imagine, but infinite peace with the mother's presence look into her eyes the will to change and people describe it that in front of Shirobindo they felt as if even if a nuclear explosion took place it would make no difference to him but the moment the mother came it was like you know everybody would suddenly you know okay mother has come so not even a thought should come in my mind which is unworthy of her presence so she is like that she embodies the creative ananda of the one. So, he says, is here to build. The, pres- the mother's vibhutis are very creative. Whereas those who lean on the Vedantic Purusha side, they're all, you know, shivoham shivoham satchidanandoham. <laughs> which is one side of the divine reality. But this other side, Natato tato na mata na bandhu na bratha, gatistvam, gatistvam gatistvam bhavani. So here we have this to build. Between, so where is this rainbow she is building? Between the superconscient and the inconscient. Because the whole creation had gone into inconscient. So she said, I'll go and save it. It's the whole story is there in one line or two lines. And the story is called The Bride of Brahman. It is also there in the Rigveda, Where, and the mother recounts this story that when creation plunged into inconscience, there was nothing then. So there was a cry. Save was Because it felt the separation. It got separated. The sense of separation came in. So when the cry went up, the Divine Mother herself plunged into it. And she plunged, became all this to rescue. That's how Gauri becomes Kali. To rescue it. So how does she rescue As she was plunging, she was marking the steps of the descent. You see, when you are entering into a forest, this is military people we were taught. If you are entering into a... Unknown forest, keep markers. Something or the other. You must have seen in movies, no? So, some markers. So that when you are coming back, you can trace the steps. So, as she was centering into the inconscient, the worlds and the gradation of worlds came. The worlds of mind, of life, and further down. So that the return journey can be through all these planes. And each of these worlds she peopled with beings. Because she is creative. So the gods and goddesses of mind, gods and goddesses of life and all the ranges, not just one world. In life itself, you will have countless worlds. So all these she created and because she is like that, no, she is like, imagine the queen of queens, Raj Rajeshwari is going to meet the Lord or going on a mission. So on the way, whoever comes on a way, she will say, take it, take it, take it. So she peopled them with millions and billions of beings even the material universe with billions of stars in this, she enters into this darkness and from there the return journey begins. So she has built a rainbow, worlds of mind and life as a rainbow. Between the superconscient absolute light and the inconscient, vast unthinking toil. So she is the one alone, her hands can change, time's dragon base. The alchemist energy, the spirit's alchemist energy is hers. She is the mystery the night conceals. There also she is the one. And I have several times spoken about it, the Navdurga, which is an awakening of the Divine Mother who is concealed in the material creation, going right up to the ultimate perfection. So this is the return journey. So far, she has already built the steps. So all creatures will go through that step. Before plunging, it's like moms. Even now, you know, they have all made everything ready. Every step. You see, when fathers take a child on a journey, all that he carries is an like ATM card. and mothers take some laddu, some something, something, something. <laughs> she will keep everything nicely. Clothes. And the child has to just say, Mom, uh, ha, I have kept it for you. So she has made all the worlds through which the evolution will take place. Because she knows from inconscient you cannot enter into the superconscient it's like when we wake up at night thick of night and suddenly there's the blaze of the sun what will happen we'll grow blind so even babies when they're born they are sleeping for 18 hours more than sleeping they're keeping the eyes closed it's too much to bear and it is advised don't take them out for 21 days into the open light isn't it this is the advice given by doctors 10 days, 20 days. Why? Because you can't bear the light, eyes cannot bear. So she knows slowly, slowly. So first see, the baby will open the eyes, recognize the immediate mother, then father, then, you know, everybody around. And slowly when the eyes can open and bear the light, you go. So she has built these worlds as part of the evolutionary step. You can't bypass them. If one tries to bypass the evolutionary journey, the evolutionary bypass, that's when you talk about nirvana. But the mother says, if the Lord wanted only nirvana, there would have been nothing but nirvana. (laughs) But he wants a divine creation. That's why. So they are part of these steps. In the rolling and routine of matter sleep, rolling. Look at the, I mean, these two words can be so much. Matter is sleeping. Isn't it jada? But look what is happening. Even the stars rolling. There is a sound that is coming, rolling. And routine, rolling around mechanically in their fixed orbits. Try to tell Earth, aren't you bored of going around the same axis? Routine. So you know these two words. See us fixed them. The hand that sent Jupiter spinning through heaven spends all its cunning to fashionical. See has set them where they are. So rolling and routine. And the somnambulist motion of the stars. So again, sleepwalking, somnambulist. They are sleepwalking. (laughs) They are jad. They can't think. They don't know where they are going. If you stop a star and ask, where are you going? It just moves and moves. Of course, in its sukshma body, it will tell you, I am Shani and my (laughs) Vakradristi. But that is a sukshma truth, not the star as we discover here. She forces on the cold, unwilling void. Her adventure of life, the passionate dreams of her heart, forces. When she is there, it is inevitable. That's how Shabinda puts it. See, the divine, like again fathers, what will they do? They'll say, okay, I have told you, you have your freedom. Fathers often behave like that at the end. Mothers, what freedom? <laughs> you know, she will... Compel it on you, force it. You feel very bad at a point of time, but she has the reasons. Of course, in human play, it is ignorance. Don't take it like all parents know. But it is a uh, similar thing. Fathers, when they say, don't bother me about all this. Go and ask your mom. So whenever, uh, you know, they want that moms, even when they easily accept, they ask, okay, what, where, why? So all this. So, but this is how as far as the difference between the lord is Ishwara and his Shakti. So, somnambulist. She forces on the cold, unwilling white. Child is not getting up in the morning. Dads will say, okay, bye and go away to work. It is left to moms to wake up. Very difficult task. <laughs> First, achse say, beta udja, wake up, wake up. Then finally, alam, udja. Now the voice is becoming, then after some time water, water nobody has to put. Then you know, it's like she will force on the cold unwilling void. So if you open to her, otherwise if you open to the Purusha side, he will say up to you. Your freedom, your choice. You want to change, change. If you don't want to change, don't change. He will not tell us the consequences. <laughs> but the Divine Mother, you better Change. So this is the difference She forces her adventure of life The passionate dreams of her heart Because she is there man refuses to give up Because she is there we hope And aspire and dream and build Because she is there the dead are reborn again Because she is there Even after defeat we still continue To strive Amid the work of Darker powers she is here Not only she is behind Even where there are devils and demons You see Kali goes tied to them. When you read some of these stories, you wonder how he could tie Kali. You've read some of these stories in Puranas? The Asuras are doing incantation and Kali comes, is tied. Asura is very happy, I've tied Kali. He doesn't know that actually Kali has come of her own choice. Next moment, you are going to have your last day. The day she frees herself, you are also gone. So she comes right into the darkness, amidst the darker powers. Even if the densest darkness... The Divine Mother is there. If you live life just remembering it, life will change. To heal the evils and mistakes of space. How did these errors come into existence? That's when she, it's about Maya and Prakriti, which is, he's not revealing it here, but the space and time within which the play started from the knowledge to ignorance. But she still is there. Even behind prakriti. So here he is referring to prakriti in her ignorant ways. So this ignorance was also necessary for the evolution. Because again, uh, ignorance means a veil is put between us and the truth. But even then, who is behind the veil? She is still waiting. So she surrounds this whole thing of darkness. Just like the womb is inside. And the baby inside the womb doesn't know. But the mother is outside. Consciously knowing and planning for the baby. So even behind the play of darker powers Because they were necessary The the mistakes and errors It's a way we will look at it Still she is there to keep correcting it And change the tragedy of the ignorant world Into a divine comedy of joy She is here for that So This directly you know You have this famous book Divine comedy (laughs) So Shravindra brings it to its utmost level she is here. She is here to change it into a joyous play of the Lord. But if we remain in ignorance, then she has to act from behind the veil. If we choose to remain here. But she will keep putting a pressure. We cannot escape that pressure. But when we are on this side, the play appears cruel. Who has trapped us in? But when we go to other side, we say, "Arey, is a good play. It's like if you go into the football field, not knowing what the game is about, suddenly somebody transplanted you. You will feel horrified. People pushing this, that and you are getting injured. You will say, please stop. No, no, no stopping. Then eventually you will think, let me run out. You are stopping somebody and saying, what is this play about? He has no time. So we get frightened. But then when we come out and we are taught the rules of the game, we learn the play. Then we say, now I will see who is Christian or Roland because you have learned the rules of the game. So when one is on the other side and enters the play, it's a different thing altogether. Then it's a joyous play. So we don't have to escape from the play. We have to learn the true way to play. If we learn how to play, then life is beautiful. If we don't know how to play, then it's horrible. And the laughter and the rapture of God's bliss... The mother of God is mother of our souls. She is the one who has brought out all these jivatmas. You see, Savitri is described very beautifully. People say, oh, nobody is there to help him. Why God created him like that? But you have an original story of Mahabharata. You see, who is the original empress from whom the whole Mahabharata begins? Shakuntala. You know how she is born? Helpless orphan. But destiny guards her, Shakun Pakshi, that's how her name becomes Shakuntala. So out of Shakuntala comes Bharat, again apparently out of bedlock child. And then you know the whole dynasty begins. So if you really go back to that, she is also the mother of her soul. So in Savitri, there is a line, I mean nobody is helpless and alone and orphan, this concept doesn't exist in India. So, what is the concept? But since she knows the toil of mind and body and life, she, the Divine Mother, she puts forth a small portion of herself, a being no bigger than the thumb of man, to face the pang and forget the place. Who are we? We are her portions, her children. And imagine living with this truth that I am her child. Even Shiva cannot slay you. You see, that's how Ganesha's story puts forth a being. She will ensure that the ego is slain, but not you. So that is the, she puts forth a small portion of herself. It's a small being, no bigger. But it's a being from whom even the demons run away. The mother says, if you have an awakened psychic being, and if you live within it, even adverse forces will go miles away, because they know, this fellow, Divine mother's special protection, So that's how, even if they come near, they will come to get transformed. That please, you have a special (laughs) access point. We are the partners of his birth in time. So one, we are children of the Divine Mother, her portions. So what are we doing here? We have to do here a work of God with God. And what is that work? To change this into a Divine Comedy of Joy. And and the laughter and rapture of God's bliss. So we are His. We co-share it. That's why the Nar, Narayana, the Krishna and uh, Arjuna. Together. So together we have to do. And who is there with us to help in that process? The Divine Mother herself is there. We are the partners of His birth in time. Inheritors. We share His eternity. How many lives how many years after which supermind will come to the soul this question is the most meaningless question <laughs> how does it matter we live in eternity immortals do not think in terms of time he dallies with time he dies because he knows he can be reborn the eternal does not worry about time he knows time is there to serve his purpose so eternal inheritors, we share his eternity. So I'll read this again, then we'll stop. The mother of God, a conscious and eternal power is here behind unhappiness and mortal birth, and the error of thought and blundering trudge of time. a lyrical poem: "The mother of God, his sister and his spouse, daughter of his wisdom. Of his strength, the mate. She has leapt from the transcendent's secret breast to build her rainbow worlds of mind and life. Between the superconscient, absolute light, and the inconscient's vast, unthinking toil. In the rolling and routine of matter's sleep and the somnambulist motion of the stars, she forces on the cold, unwilling void her adventure of life, the passionate dreams of her heart. Amid the work of darker forces, she is here to heal the evils and mistakes of space. And change the tragedy of the ignorant world into a divine comedy of joy. And the laughter and the rapture of God's bliss. The mother of God is mother of our souls. We are the partners of his birth in time. Inheritors, we share his eternity.